A despondent Clay meets with the president to discuss the future of the task force, but he's interrupted by the arrival of his brother. Meanwhile, Alex leads an operation to expose the collaborator's plan to sink the president's reputation, and she teaches Owen to trust his instincts. Season 2, Episode 18, Kumok of Quantico starts right now. You're tuning into the destination for TV superfan discussion. After Buzz TV. And now, let the buzz begin. Guess who's back? We're back again. <laughs> Welcome to AfterBuzz TV Quantico, uh, Season 2, Episode 18. I'm your host, Drexel Hurd. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram, at Drexel Hurd. You can also follow me on Facebook, at Official Drexel Hurd, which I never say on this show. Uh, Renee's out today, but I am here with Tim. What's up, guys? Thanks for tuning in. I am Timothy Michael. You can reach me on all social media platforms at I am Timothy Mike. Yes, as Drexel said, Renee is out today. We will miss her. I'm sure you she guys will too. Frolicking with Prime Minister Justin Trudeau. Yes, in, in Canada. Canada. We miss you, Renee. Yes, she's escaping <laughs> Trump. <laughs> Good for her. Uh, welcome to the show, guys. Um, we got a lot to talk about, a lot to unpack. We'll do it. Uh, fairly quickly for you because you know it's late here in Los Angeles and uh, we know you guys got to go to bed. Hey, the truth in the chat room. It's good to see you, sir or madam or the truth. Uh, <laughs> the truth the is um, non gender specific. Well, yeah, we welcome well, <laughs> to the show. Uh, the show is getting very good, so let's dive right in. Um, I want to talk about uh, who came back to the show. We saw two characters. Caleb is back. Yes. Yeah. Miranda is Miranda, back. even more, yes. But, and Miranda looks great with this slick back hair. That's what I, I literally wrote that down. I was like, Miranda looks really good, especially coming back from what she came back from. I think she looks great and not yeah. disheveled or anything like that. Yeah, and uh, so let's talk about Caleb coming back first of all. He came back. He was, I guess he was in Mexico or somewhere. Mm. Um, Tulum, Mexico. Tulum, Mexico. <laughs> um, what did they just ship him off? They, Of course they, sh- I mean, you know, there's a lot of um, narcotics coming from Mexico, so I don't know if Mexico might have been the best place for Caleb to have been coming from. Well, speaking of narcotics, he seemed a little high when he was in that room with him, his brother and his mother. Like, I thought I, it was a little a little overdone. I don't, if, I don't know if he was high. I just Not thought high. That he like, was, he just seems a little... You know, I just thought he was excited since they brought him out of the shadows. I, get, I mean, I don't know. I just thought it was a little... I don't know. I didn't really like the interaction between the two brothers. I just, I don't know why. Well, and that interaction, let's talk about that, because that interaction was really... um, Awkward? It was really awkward. Um, Hi, Carmen, in the chat room. Uh, It was a little awkward, because I don't think they get along at all. I don't think... I mean, they're big brother, younger brother. I could understand why they wouldn't get along. But at the same time, I would expect... And this is the one thing that I... The one criticism that I always have about Quantico is that the chemistry between the characters sometimes just falls for me. And I feel like if they're brothers, they should have a little bit more. Like, if you're going to get on his nerves, then get on his nerves in, like, a brotherly way. But I felt like it was just more of, like, a an annoying, like, co-star kind of way. I don't even know if that makes sense, well, guys. But that's just how I felt. That's just the chemistry <coughs> that I read. And I also think that, that, that Clay is the brother that feels like Caleb should pull it together like now his mom's the president and he feels like the weight of the family on his shoulders. His dad's kind of out of the picture. So he is kind of the older, he's the The male authoritarian figure in this family. 
and um, and that's really difficult for him. And he sees his brother like doing stuff that could have an impact on what the president is doing. And so he's trying to think of that more than his relationship with the brother is how do I protect Claire first and then brother second. But I feel like as at the same time, yes, I understand that part of it. But I feel like he should also want to protect his younger brother because of all those things that happened as well. Because the dad's not in the picture. Because, you know, he does obviously know that his brother's girlfriend slept with this father and is now on this team that he is running. Like, it's all this incestuous kind of thing. So I would think that Clay would want to be there for his brother even more, despite whatever their differences are in the past. That might be why they don't get along. Well, hopefully we see a little bit more now that Caleb is back in the picture because we would understand there's a little bit of arc um, with Caleb on the show, so hopefully we'll get down to the nitty gritty. I also of... feel like with any kind of brother brother relationship, I feel like there's going to be this whole favoritism card that's going to be played, where you know Claire obviously has a favorite, and you know I but think does that's she? Ca- I honestly think that that it would be Caleb um, because Caleb's gone through all of this stuff and she's done everything to protect him, whereas Clay's Clay's the good kid the good brother and you know parents never worry about the good kid and they and then the good kids feel like they're putting the parents are putting more of their energy into the bad kids not that caleb is bad i mean he did go through his little phase but i feel like caleb i mean clay feels that maybe caleb gets more of the attention um and i'm sure he does but but i mean that's the reality of being the more um put together put together brother um so yeah so i mean obviously we'll see a little bit more about what Caleb and Clay's relationship is like, even to the end where uh, Caleb tells... So Caleb, to an extent, there's a couple of things that struck me with Caleb was, first, he had a really coherent idea of what the task force should be doing mm-hmm. uh, when he was with President Haas in the room. And then at the end, he had a really clear idea with Shelby, basically saying, basically threatening her and yeah. saying, you know, I see what... Basically in his head, I see what you're doing with my brother. This is not... This, this cannot happen... And so I, I think that Caleb is a little uh, he's a little bit more clear eyed than we're 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 being led on to believe because of the way he's been acting. But and I, I feel think like Caleb we we also need to remember that Caleb is a very very you know fun, very just you know loose character, and he's always been that way. Um, so just to have him back, I think it's just a, a, um, a readjustment for us as the audience, just getting used to Caleb as a character again. Um, because he is this loosey, kind of goofy kind of character, and, and we really haven't had that in a while. So right. I think that's just another thing that we have to get used to. Speaking of Caleb coming back, I know Renee is probably at home right now, or in Canada right now, um, just killing herself because she has wanted Caleb to come back for the last three episodes because of all the previews and now he is finally back and she's not here to enjoy it with us but that's um, okay because we can enjoy Caleb on our own without <laughs> Renee just Sorry, kidding Renee. <laughs> he'll be back next week with Renee um, Miranda's back and Miranda was only back for a little bit so it was good to see her. I think a few episodes ago we were like, what happened? We saw Raina. We saw I mean, we saw Nima. And then we were like, well, if Nima's out and now on this task force, mm-hmm. that means Miranda has to be somewhere. Right. Which I was like, maybe Miranda is being questioned. Um, I <laughs> never thought... Because they didn't be running a task Because they didn't really even show her in the previews right. of any of the upcoming episodes. Right. So I was completely blindsided that she would be a special agent in charge of, you know, one of the cities that a riot could break out in because of this, 
you know, case that's going on. Um, and like we said earlier in the episode, she looks great. Um, I liked... I liked how they kind of phrased her being by the book now because of everything that happened with the G20 summit and her going out of her way to protect everybody else. And now she's like, no, this is my last chance to save my career. This is what I love to do. I need to to stick by what I need to do. Um, but then at the same time, I'm like, I kind of wish they would have showed us what she went through. And, and they might go back to it in the future as a flashback or something but I want to see her struggle with her decision and and the you know the bad choices that she made during the G20 summit I want to see her act that out because she is such a good actress I, I want to see that part of it but see I don't think that we're going to like we only have four episodes left in this season so I don't know how much Miranda we're going to get unless they move Miranda to this new team because Miranda's task force or her team was specifically in Cleveland. Yeah. They were on a yeah. specific mission. Yeah. So I don't know that Miranda's going to, unless they say, Miranda, your mission's over, now you got to come to the team, I can't imagine that we'll see much more of Miranda. Um, that's the only way I feel like we would see I Miranda. know, I know. Don't break my heart, though, because I really like Miranda. She's one of my favorite characters, and I really... No, I love I Miranda. I want to see her more, but I feel like you're right. I don't see how else they could include her in the further cases with breaking down all of this, this these you know um, elements of the roster, I just don't see how they how they would do that. I hope that they figure out a way. I hope that they blindside me again to to incorporate her into more episodes. But after this, I'm like, I don't. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, speaking of Cleveland and the case, let's talk about the main case. Yeah. Um, so five pings in five hours. That's what they were up against. Um, there have been civil disobedience. They were, they were looking at civil disobedience uh, police procedures. Uh, so basically what we've known so far this, this second half of this season is they've been looking at different procedures and laws and things to get around it and things to use to their advantage. In this case, is the police procedures on how they deal with civil disobedience in five um, big cities, uh, Cleveland, Detroit, Albany, El Paso, and Fargo. Um, I don't know much about Fargo other than the movie or the television show Fargo. And that it's in North Dakota. And that it's in North Dakota. <laughs> um, so, and, and that the country is on edge after the Muslim ban situation. So we didn't really get a chance to see the effect on the Muslim ban mm-hmm. um, or its failure. But from what we got was that there, because it all seemed to be like the next day, but it was like, they, but then in certain conversations, they made it seem like the Muslim ban had been an, uh, the failure of the Muslim ban had had an effect on the way people were feeling and the right. way the country. So I was a little confused on that because I was like, uh, so, but it's only been like 24 hours. Yeah, <laughs> I, wasn't, I wasn't necessarily confused because the news cycle does go by very fast. But the news cycle, but I mean, nothing happened to warrant the country being on edge from the failure to pass the Muslim ban, is what I'm saying. They made it seem like that the Muslim ban failure, that something happened, and that's why the country's on edge. But the country was on edge in five different cities for five very different reasons. Which they explained. Which they explained. And and in this case, in Cleveland, there was a guy who used an illegal um, gun Mm -hmm. uh, and illegally obtained gun. It's a murder case, and that's why the city was on edge. So um, this is a bad PR situation for President Haas because she was the one that pushed for the executive order with President Todd. 
Um, I did want to bring up so that everybody had a clear understanding of what the Allen charge was. Uh, this was based out of uh, based off of Allen versus the United States in, in 1896. Uh, it was a United States Supreme Court case, amongst other things, approved the amongst other things approved the use of a jury instruction intended to prevent a hung jury by encouraging jurors in the minority to reconsider. Mm. So basically, if you were like. Two jury, two jurors who are like on the fence. Mm-hmm. The judge would keep sending you back so that the other jurors would have a chance to help you reconsider. Right, uh, and then that really pushes people to feel pressured to make that decision. Well, I think one of the things that I was glad they addressed was that the, it does push people to make a decision, but it usually favors the prosecution, which I think is wrong because it shouldn't favor the prosecution. Just because you want a decision in a hasty time, like in a, in a hasty way, I feel like it's it's you have a right to a fair trial, which means that no matter how long it takes to convince a jury of your peers to make a decision, then you really can't control that that time frame. Well, and and it's the bur- the burden of proof is on the prosecution. I understand that, that, but I feel like case. a judge. I mean, this whole. Um, I'm sorry. What is, what is it called again? Um, the Allen charge. The Allen charge. I feel like, and they addressed it that they said it's a it's a typical it's a it's a procedure that is used. I feel like it shouldn't be because I don't see any good coming from it. I honestly don't see because if you're being rushed to make a decision, where how could you possibly make a good decision? I don't necessarily know if they were necessarily being rushed to make a decision so much. Well, I mean, they did have a time frame at because the, they kept going back, right? But they kept going back and going back, and the judge wanted a decision because I think that a lot of judges a don't want their their don't want a fair trial, but don't want a mistrial, and that's what judges don't want is a mistrial. They don't want a hung jury. They don't want a mistrial. So they keep pushing the jury to make that decision because you're going to end up having a hung jury, and that means you're going to have to retry the case over again. Right, but and then, that's going to cost the city more money, and that's not a situation that anybody wants. Right, but then at the same time, if that's what the jury decides to be hung, then that's what they decide. I mean, there's really nothing you could do about it. By, by initiating this Allen charge, then you are influencing the jury in an unfair way. But you can also, but they can also, I mean, and I know that Alex said this, it could go either way. You could either, those two jurors, those, the jurors in the minority could convince the majority that, yeah. But they addressed it in this episode where they said it usually favors the prosecution. It usually favors the prosecution, but, but I'm saying that there are cases where the minority will prevail over the majority and then it will flip in the opposite direction. And Alex brought that up. Um, so, yeah, so now we're going through this whole situation. Uh, they talked about the different uh, cities that were happening, Black Lives Matter with the police, Native American protesters in North Dakota, mm-hmm. or with the Sheriff's Department. So situations that are currently happening, ha- currently have been currently happening, have been happening in the United States right. over the past couple of years. Right. Um, so they get to Cleveland, and then boop, boop, boop. Heel clacking down the hallway at Miranda. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. And uh, and so now they need to, the, the, the goal is to get the, to figure out what's happening with the jury. Yes. And they talk to these jurors. I, you know, I didn't really, obviously we didn't get wrapped up in the jurors because it was just kind of like a, let's get the bits of information so mm-hmm. we can get to the real culprit, uh, which is the judge, um, Judge Kaplan. He's presiding. He's the one really pushing for this guilty verdict. And what we've seen is just like with Rebecca Sherman and a couple other people, they've been compromised. They're being pushed 
to make these decisions. It almost reminds me a little of some of the stuff you guys watched Designated Survivor. Uh, some of the stuff that had to happen, happen with the vice president mm-hmm. and his wife, and you know these people are being pushed to do that. Same thing that's happening on Scandal right now. Mm-hmm. A lot of these uh, shows are going down the same path as they're being pushed by blackmailed. They're being blackmailed by like rogue groups, rogue dangerous, dangerous groups, groups um, and. You know, it's something that we have to think about, you know, about what's happening. Maybe maybe that's what's happening in the White House right now. I don't know. I mean. Um, there is. But we already know who's controlling the White House. <laughs> um, but. Um, I think what I loved about that that scene of uh, Alex Shelby and Nemo walking, or sorry, Raina, walking in um, to the Cleveland uh, FBI building or station or wherever they were stationed was that they it reminded me of like Charlie's Angels when the three of them were walking in right. there and then I loved how Miranda because she and we always forget about this in season one she literally groomed Nima and Reyna to be this you know twin double agent kind of thing to throw off all these right. which they never expanded on which I'm still really upset about because I thought that was a brilliant storyline um, but I loved how Miranda caught that it was Raina and not Nima without hesitation right and Shelby and, Nima, and uh, Alex were like wait what right. <laughs> and Miranda was like guys Right. Like I love that. She and didn't I, even, but she, but she didn't even say guys. She just looked. Right. She didn't even say anything. She's like, listen, you fools, then rolled up in here. And then she was like, I don't care what you have to do. She's like, yeah, I don't care what the reason is that you are impersonating your sister. Like I don't care. This is my job, and you are, you know, you're affecting my line of work now, and right. we just need to stick to what I know. Which is which is interesting because at a certain on a certain level, these three girls, there has to be a reason why they're there. Obviously, they couldn't really tell Miranda that they were working for the president. So the so I'm so it doesn't make sense that the president would not have somehow gotten the message to the FBI to say I'm sending in three FBI agents to Cleveland, give them what they need to make this happen. But nobody's supposed to know about their group, though. No, no, no. They're not about the group. The president can say I'm sending three more agents. To help out with this situation in Cleveland, right? Sure and that's they what they did. That that's out. what their cover story yeah, was. But I'm saying they never. That never got to Miranda, who was the head of this task force. Like, like, why would why would Shelby and Alex and Nima or Raina. Raina just show up? You know what I mean? Like, they just rolled in like they owned the joint. Well, because well, the, what they were going to do, and they addressed it in the episode, what their job was to do was to convince the special agent in charge that they were there to help. Right. And then Shelby was like, I don't think that's going to work because it's Miranda. Miranda right. And Miranda already knows all of their tricks. Right. So that's that was their first roadblock. Um, but I feel like they went into it knowing what they had to do, and then they were like, oh, crap, it's Miranda. Right. I think my only criticism to that would be, don't you think as president or Clay being, you know, the head of this task force, that him sending them into the Cleveland building. They would have known it was Miranda. They would have known that it was Miranda that was the special agent in charge. They right. would have anticipated Nobody that, but they didn't. Nobody told them. Nobody told them. I mean, element of surprise. I'm still glad that Which is back. great, yeah. Um, so then we get down to uh, the guilty verdict um, going down. Now they get, they've got to the judge at this point. He tells them that they're basically, he's basically being blackmailed and, and that he's going to, they're basically blackmailing him for something. We didn't get a chance to figure out what that something was mm-hmm. and that they're going to charge him with something. Now, how this rogue group can charge him with, I mean, obviously we'll talk about the eight um, members of the cashier in a little bit, but like they got something on him. Yeah. But they just don't know. So mm-hmm. they come down with the guilty verdict. And then I just want to back up to how this scene with Claire Haas happened because Caleb 
we think that he's going in to the speaker's house for a certain reason. And I thought I was like, oh, Lord, Kayla's about to flip. And Clay's about to flip because Clay is in this in the speaker's house. He's mm-hmm. with his friend Felix. The speaker's offering him basically a job. Um, and we don't really see Clay after that. Mm-hmm. And so then fast forward to, you know, him on the phone with his like Jack Bauer voice. I got this. And that's what he ends up, you know, alerting the president. Now. In my knowledge, to my knowledge, they were going from D.C. to Cleveland. Mm-hmm. They had so many. They didn't have a lot of hours. The president of the United States traveled and nobody knew. <laughs> this is one of your main criticisms about the show where <laughs> the president has is just like everywhere and without Secret Service or without all this detail. And I think we're just, just gonna, I think we're just, I think we're just going to have to let that go because <laughs> clearly she's just going to keep popping up. I was a little I mean, surprised. She just popped up. I know. I was literally I was surprised at that at the end of the episode too when she popped out and I was like, did she go from D.C. to Cleveland that fast? Because I was like. Well, that was my first I was like, where's Ohio? I was like, where's Ohio? It's a few states DC? over. Yeah. And I was like, is it maybe what? Three hours? Two, three hours? Um. But By TV plan. magic, whatever. Yeah. But I mean, um, like, she popped up. Like, nobody knew. Speaker didn't know. Now, typically, president leaves the Oval Office, flies on Air Force One. Air Force One's in the air. People do know about that. Speaker's office is probably alerted to the president's travel because somebody's got to pay for it. So, you know, for him to have not known, for the speaker to be traveling without a cachet of Secret Service as well. He had some people behind Service. him. I was just saying, like, I'm sure he had his team with him, whatever, but, like, it just seemed very far-fetched. Okay, we're going to just, TV magic, we're just going to um, let that go. I do want to go back to Clay in the beginning of the episode, though, when he did, when we all thought that he was going to the Speaker's um, office to flip. Um, I didn't like, and he did address it at the end of the episode with Shelby when she was like, I thought you were going to go to your president, your your mom to, you know, just give up on us. And he was like, I was. I don't like that about him. And this is the one criticism that I have about his character is that from the beginning, and Owen brought it up, he is not a leader. He has a bad attitude. If You have to show your team that you're going to be there for them and with them no matter what. And Clay does not do that. He is ready to give up at a moment's notice. And how are you supposed to build respect for your team if you aren't going to be there for them through thick and thin? Right. I think that for Caleb, I mean, I'm sorry, for Clay... And sorry, not to cut you off. And I think the only reason he really stuck around was because Caleb showed up and was and like, oh, yeah, I will. I'll take over. And Clay was like, oh, no, I'm not gonna let my little brother come in and take right. over. But here's and I think that gave him a little nudge. But I think people it shouldn't have to give him a little nudge. He should be a Clay leader. is not a leader. Clay was never. Clay was never but I was like, Clay was never built to be a leader. He is an operative. He is a political operative. He is right. a person. He is a policy White House person. I understand who that. Is then not, he shouldn't is, be in charge of right. This but team. his mother asked him to do that, so I don't think that he ever got a chance to do that. And mother tells you, president tells you, that's what you go do. And so he didn't really have a choice. So now he his pragmatic brain kicked in, and not only his pragmatism kicked in, his need to. Um, to feel safe in a situation, his need to keep his mother out of harm's way in terms of publicly out of harm's way kicked in. And the only way that's what he fell back into. And I think he talks about that a lot is he fell, fell back into his normal habits, which is just retreating to the safe place 
And I, I don't think that Clay was built for leadership, whereas Caleb was like, I've been in the field. I was at Quantico. I've gone through this. I've had to be in situations where I've had to kind of help lead a team into different decisions. Uh, and when, in season one at Quantico, when they were trying to he do He failed the, out of Quantico. I'm Can not we saying that, but that's, remember but that's, that. But that's, but, but, but that, that's besides the point. That it's not. We can't sit here and say that Caleb would be a better leader than Clay just because he knows his team when Clay, Caleb really hasn't initiated any kind of leadership skills I'm either because that. he A, I'm failed out of Quantico he, and then B, became a drug addict because he couldn't deal with his issues. So he, I don't think he's a very good leader either. I'm not I saying that he's a good leader. Should, I'm saying that what we saw from Caleb in when he was talking to his mother, mm-hmm. like I said at the beginning of, the, of, of this, he had a clear idea of what needed to be done. He was making a decision that Clay should have made at the farm. Right. No, I agree with that. So that does not. So just because, just because you somehow screw up or whatever, does not mean that you cannot come back from that, or that you do not have a clear idea of what you need to do. I'm not saying that. What I am saying is that if this team is doing something this important, you should have a leader that is 120% capable of leading you into the direction that you need to go. And this is why I think Owen would have been more than capable. And Owen had his faults too. Owen was in federal prison because of a mistake that he made. But I feel like Owen would be a better leader than Caleb or Clay. but, But that's why Owen is there, A. But B, Claire needed somebody she could trust. And so she picked her son, and that's the reality of the situation, is that you put your, you put, I mean, this whole nepotism thing, this is, this is why, this is, you know, this is what's happening in the Trump administration. You put your, I mean, this is what happened last week, you know, uh, 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 some, you know, serious strikes happen, and who really makes the call is Ivanka Trump. So, like, you know, you've got these, you've got the children who you trust making the decisions around you. Yeah, but you literally just compared the Haases to the Trumps, and I don't think that's a very good comparison. Mm, I mean that in the sense of... Clay is somewhere. Clay is the president. Trump is there. No, Ivanka's I understand that's, what you're saying. That's the 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 situation. So, um, but you know, Caleb is not making necessarily decisions. He just so happens to be there. Um, but um, so yeah, so Felix gets played again. Um, now that the guilty verdict is out, Claire kind of rolls up on the speaker, which I thought was a really great scene. Oh yeah, um, she gives a really great speech written by Clay. Um, <laughs> written by Clay. Head, I was like, the, where's the prompter is that? Um, but I thought that was great. You know, I think there was a really, uh, the Quantico writers tweeted out, um, something that said like, that's a little far. I mean, some, the, the most far fetched thing that's ever happened this season is a politician, uh, apologizing for something that they did. But see, that's the one thing that I loved about this is that I love when a, when a politician, even in our present political world, um, in the re- in real life, um, I feel like it takes more courage for a politician or even a person to to admit when they were wrong, and I feel like it gives it allows me to have more respect for them as a person um, rather than them trying to hide it or you know backtrack or something like that. Just admittedly saying, "Hey, I was wrong." The only thing I can do is learn from it and move on from there. Well, it's not going to happen out of this White House because they don't have they have a no apology. Wait, White which White House are you talking about? The actual White House. Oh, okay. Well, they have a no apology, uh, uh, you know, that's their mantra right now. Right. Um, but think, speaking of the people that are hiding, we have now figured out the eight members of the cache. It just all happened so fast. It happened, thank you. <laughs> and I was, I was like, like, we got three of them. 
And then that well, was it. First of all, let's let's take a, a step back, but, but because the reason why we have the eight members of the cast is because Sebastian came back um, yeah. and had that fight scene with Owen, and then they kind of interrogated him as to why he was there doing research, and apparently he's been following, and he didn't, like I said, in two episodes ago, he wasn't the one that shot at um, Rebecca Sherman, um, just because he had that thing on his back. He but was like I said, he was also trying to figure out what Carly was doing. Yes, but at the same time, he didn't kill anybody. Um, he did let Harry go. Let's see if he makes a an appearance in later episodes. Um, but I just thought it was a little weird because he gave it up so easily. Like he had all of these five names that I was like. Whoa, this happened so fast. I thought that we were going to keep going through the episodes and dinging them off one by one by one, and this is how we would come to the finale. But well, we don't have eight episodes left. But uh, Okay, maybe two at a time. Five. I didn't expect them to do this fast. I agree with you that it was com- really, really fast. It was really fast. So let's just go through the, uh, through the eight members uh, that we had first. We had the government, mm-hmm. which was Rourke. We had... The money, which was The Christian money, Kelly. which was Kelly. We had the law, which was Roth. Mm-hmm. And now we've got... And then we had logistics, which was Rebecca Sherman. Which was Sherman. Rebecca Sherman, because she was like a socialite. Yes. Uh, and now we've got the, ideolo- the ideologue, mm-hmm. who is... Uh, Maxwell Fletcher. Maxwell Fletcher. We've got the technology, who was... Peter Theo. Peter Theo, who I thought was... Um, that guy from the, from the first from the first party, and I was like, "That's not the same person." No. But uh, we had the media, who is Warren Shepard and Defense, which is Alice Winter. Alice Winter. I would have preferred an episode about the, the Defense. Oh, me too. Like that one, I would have probably, or maybe like maybe Alice Fletcher in the last episode with the Alice Muslim. Al, no, I'm sorry, um, Maxwell, Maxwell Fletcher. Fletcher with the ideologue mm-hmm. in the last episode with the Muslim ban and all that stuff. Okay. I would have preferred like that. Maybe they tied him into that. Um, no, I feel like they could have gone, they could have done a lot more um, with these eight key players rather than just grouping four of them into one episode yeah. and just saying, these are them. This is what they cover. They could have put this. the technology in the episode with the party. They could have like, done a lot. Done, <laughs> just, I just in episodes that we've already seen, not even episodes that are upcoming. Right. And then what bothers me is that in the preview, apparently at this engagement party, the these eight key members are going to play a big role and we're going to see some of them that we haven't even been introduced right. to. Um, and we already know that they're part of the roster. I kind of liked figuring out who was who was in like the other clue. episodes. Right. And now they took that away from me. <laughs> so I was a little upset about that. That's okay because, I mean, obviously that means the next four episodes are going to be moving at lightning speed. Mm. Um, you know what had been moving at lightning speed, though? Hmm. Sasha and Ryan. Yes. Uh, it had been moving at lightning speed. They obviously... Ryan does not trust Sasha. We saw that at the end of last episode. And Sasha clearly does not trust and, Ryan. Right, and vice versa. But they want to say that they're trusting each other for right. whatever reason. Right. And and then so then Sasha pulls out this thing in her wardrobe where she's got files on cash members. Yep. And I was like, where did she get all this information from? Well, she's been following it since the beginning. Right. So and we so that. we we now know that Sasha is on the case. Uh, so trying to figure out what's been happening and she's trying to use as much information that she can gather from Ryan. Ryan. Like she gave him the key and like Ryan's like, let me check everything that she like. Mm-hmm. She gave him that key super easy. So fast. I was like, oh, okay. She was like, at first I was like, okay, you gave him your key. So clearly you want to act like you have nothing to hide, but you do. So it just made, it just made her look more guilty to me personally. Right. Um, But then I was like, 
well, why isn't Ryan, why doesn't Ryan have any questions? Like, he just took the key, and I was like, oh, here we go, Ryan again. But I'm glad that he was like, no, I don't trust it in the car. Right. Um, and then, um, you know, we get through Sasha, Sasha, Sasha. We don't, we, we try to, we're all trying to figure out if we like her or not. And then she goes and gets herself blown up. Well, is she? Let's see. Here's another thing. We didn't thing. see the body. We didn't see the body, so but we don't know. If we she's don't know dead. if she got blown up. But I mean, it was pretty fast. So if they go back to it and they and she's not blown up, I need to we know. know who, I need to we, see. We who, have an idea of how. who blew her up, though, because Sasha had a phone call from Peter from Tio. Peter Tio, mm-hmm. and he said, "Not if I see you first. Right. And that's the one thing that I wanted to bring up is because I feel like. She obviously got blown up because she was doing too much digging. Um, and she then she was asking too many questions. She was on asking that phone. way too many questions. And then when she got on the phone with him, with Peter Tio, and he was, she was like, "Oh, I just want to talk about some of your, um, you charitable know, your charitable things. things." And then she started going into specific people. I was like, "Come, like you're not an FBI or a CIA agent. You're a reporter. Right. Like let's let's stay in our lane, right? Before you get yourself blown up." And she did. Right. Yeah. That, so that was weird. So, so hopefully, Sasha. I, I can't imagine that they would. It would happen like that so fast. That, that's, I don't think so either. And I think then this only goes back to my conspiracy theory where Sasha is part of this bigger thing and she and they're they're framing it like she's blown up or dead so that she because Ryan was getting too close to her or, or learning too much about her. So she needed an out and that's what her out was. So I feel like something's going on with her and I still don't trust her. Yeah, I don't trust even her if either. she's dead or not. Um, the last thing I want to talk about uh, who I don't trust uh, is, is the situation with uh, Speaker Rourke uh, and Felix mm. in his office where he threatens Felix uh, by revo- by saying that if he does not get the information that he needs from Clay and Claire Haas, that he's going to revoke his green card. If I was Felix, I would have gone straight to Clay. I'd have been, let me tell you what's happening right now. I don't think that I would have went straight to Clay. I think I would have, I, I think, and I think this is what might happen with Felix, is that he's going to start realizing that work isn't this great person. I hope he did realize that in that moment. And he's going to start going back to um, Clay under the radar and start being like a double agent for work and for Clay. Right. But I mean, I think I would go to them first and then like tell them. I don't think he can do that because, and they kind of addressed it in this, in this episode. And I don't know if it was foreshadowing when, you know, um, Clay went to see work and he was like, nobody knows I'm here. And work was like, this is the government. Everybody knows where you are at all times. They just so don't it's know like, who you're working for. Right. right. So I feel like, I don't think Felix could go straight to them because, they would know. They would know that he would be having these private meetings. So I just, I think that he should do it in on, on like under the radar. And well, Felix better out. get a good Reddit account. Start sending uh, some some messages out to Clay in the White House because, or he's going to be deported. And I don't even think that he thought he would do that as you know his star uh, person. So yeah, so definitely let us know how you guys feel uh, about Sasha getting blown up, about Miranda being back, about Caleb being back. I mean. There was a lot uh, to unpack in this episode. And there was a lot going on between Alex and Owen. I just want to touch up on that really quick because I feel like their uh, their relationship is evolving in this weird way. Yeah, and see, I feel like it's not going to become romantic. I no, feel like it stays this teacher-student student, yeah, relationship I, and, yeah. and not go romantic. See, I just, I, just, I just don't care about Alex and Owen. <laughs> you know, I'm just like, yeah, yeah, they're there to do their job. I was training him to be back in the field because that's what he wants and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, where's Lydia? Where's Deanna? Where are all these people at? Uh, we got some folks, uh, like I said, hello, folks in the chat room. But I also want to bring up uh, some of our 
uh, post from you guys in uh, the comments section. So thanks for that. Uh, Joanna is bubbly says, I agree that it looks like they are going with the Shelby Clayway. And why Quantico Riders? Why? I don't want it. I don't think anyone wants it. Sasha might might be bad, but is 100% shady, lying to Ryan. I like Harry, so I'm sad if he's not coming back. But I hope at least they explain what happens to him, not just drop it, which they did in this episode. Um, Claudia said, I feel you, Tim, about the whole Sebastian thing. Honestly, I could care less about him. I don't even remember him having done something actually productive. He only seems to appear to mess things up and be an idiot. So there's that. And then she, uh, Claudia goes on to tell us uh, about uh, Caleb being in this episode as well and confirming that. And last but not least, uh, what's that? Miranda? I got to pull it up. Miranda says, loved the episode. Uh, love the after show. You guys always make me laugh so hard. Thank you. And that's hard to do. So props to you. I hope the show stays on course. I love the this half of the season so much more than I did the first half. Don't we all? Um, I also think Ryan is going to find anything. I also think Ryan isn't going to find anything on Sasha. And Alex will eventually then know. And Alex will eventually then no one will believe Alex because you guys that is like a habit to them because, you know, Ryan and Alex are back and forth. And when it's almost too late, the rest of them will learn Sasha is bad and they will apologize again. So, Alex, we can go on to the next season. Oh, my God. I hope Kayla will be in the next episode. Otherwise, I'm convinced they do this, this fake news thing to let us learn. We need to do more research on things. <laughs> uh, thanks for that. Yeah, no fake news here. Uh, we're trying to give you all the real news. Yeah. Even though it's fake government. Yes. And presidents going rogue to places without telling anybody, without popping up and people knowing. He's not going to get over that. But we love our viewers. We love when you guys give us thoughts and feedback on our episodes. We love engaging with you guys and hearing your predictions and stuff like that because it gives us more to think about and more more feedback for us to, 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 you know, sit and stew about. Um, And I'm glad one of the viewers brought up the whole Sebastian um, thing again because I just want to kind of touch up on, you know, him going back to Carly and why he's, you know, doing what he's doing is because he wants to see what, happened with Carly. He wants to know why somebody played him. Yeah. He should have never been. You know what you know what should have happened? He should have never been with Carly in the first place. Should have stuck with Harry like Harry had been trying to tell him. And then he got played. So, but you know what? We're not going to get played on this show because we don't get played on this show like we did in the first half of the season because the second half is so much better. So much so, better. let us know what you guys thought of the episode. We got episode 19 left. We only got four episodes left. Four episodes. I'm very excited uh, for the end of this season because then we go into summer and we can take a little nap from this crazy season. Yes, we need a break we need a break where can they find you on twitter hey guys i'm timothy michael again you can find me on all social media platforms at i am timothy mike uh join me um wednesday night i will be on the survivor after show i'm sure you guys all saw the last episode which is crazy if you haven't go tune in it's ridiculous I'm Drexel Hurd. You can find me on the Twitter at Drexel Hurd and on Facebook at Official Drexel Hurd. Uh, tomorrow night, I'm back on Political Culture, Black Hollywood Live, me and Chelsea Galicia. We're going to be talking Trump and, and Easter eggs and Syria and Afghanistan and a whole bunch of other stuff. And chocolate um, cake. And chocolate, that wonderful, great, <laughs> tall chocolate cake. We'll see you all next week. Bye, guys. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. 
to watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz, see you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.